enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I'll be your host today as we talk about Jodie Whittaker's first episode of the 13th Doctor, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. With me today is fellow blogger, podcaster, and geek girl, Kristen Chavez, of your biggest fangirl podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, For our audience that isn't familiar with you, um, I came across uh, your podcast through social media. I was really attracted to one of your posts, the um, 10 Rules of Fangirling. And then um, through just being a fan, I was really excited that you guys invited me on a couple months ago to talk about, you know, the anticipation of Jodie Whittaker and, you know, the first female doctor. And we both, you and I, got to see Jodie up close at the Her Universe Fashion Show at San Diego Comic-Con just this past summer. And now here we are, full circle. Jodie has arrived, and I am so excited to have you on the podcast. For those of you that aren't too familiar with you, can you please let our listeners know a little bit more about you? Absolutely. And and first off, yes, I am so excited to talk Doctor Who with you, and it really is, like, full circle um that i feel like i was very quickly able to bond with you over doctor who even though i we didn't meet in person until the fashion show um so it was just so exciting and that's the great thing about fandom um, because we're yeah. on different coasts yeah so this is it, it's crazy but i i love that we also had like the global simulcast so we were all you know we were both able to watch it at the exact same exactly. time so it was so cool Yes. So I am um, one of the co-hosts of the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast, where we kind of delve into a lot of um, where we really delve into a lot of like different discussions about fandom and what makes a fan and what makes a, a safe place for fans, particularly with female fans, because, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of like there can be a lot of bullying involved or not fitting in or fake geek girls. So we really try to combat that and push against that and show that we can fangirl over things, but also dissect um, both the the fandom side of things and the work itself in different awesome. ways. I'm so, so excited to have you here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. So straight into it, let's talk about the first episode. You mentioned that we watched the simulcast where we watched it together with the whole world. Some people were lucky enough to be at New York City Comic Con watching with Jodie Whittaker in in the panels. Um, and then we all watched together as fans um, yesterday, Sunday morning. And so what was your initial reaction to seeing Jodie on screen? I loved her immediately. <laughs> um, and I think what was kind of cool that it, it gave us a chance to really, um, because it because it took a while for the 13th doctor to actually show up in the episode, it really gave you a chance to uh, um, get to love the, the companions or as I like to now call them fam. I think any, anytime we have more than one companion now, I think they must be called a fit be called a fam. I like fam. So, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when 13 uh, came up with that, I was like, yes, that's what we're going with. <laughs> like, um, fam? But I, I just, yeah, I was like, yes, of course. Uh, I just, I really loved her energy and I love that she was the doctor. She was all the things that we have loved about the doctor, you know, whether we started watching 50 years ago, if we just started watching five or 10. Um, 
you know, she was all of that and her own thing. I absolutely agree with you on that. And for me, like when I, when we talked about it on your podcast, that I was skeptical of the idea of a female doctor because I, you know, I was skeptical, skeptical mm-hmm. about change on, you know, the show that I love and what if they ruined it and this and that. And the minute in the reveal clip where I see, you know, Jody take her foot off, that all melted away. And I was so team Jody. I'm already cosplaying the 13th doctor. We had a big party celebrating mm-hmm. 13. You know, we were all on board. And I know that not everybody can, you know, switch over to Team Jody that quickly. But even in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I really hope she's good. Like, I don't want to be disappointed by the episode. Even though I, I've yeah. seen her in other things, and I know she's brilliant. And Doctor Who has never disappointed me in that way. So why would they now? Like, I, you know, but there was just this little thing in the back of my head where like, man, I hope this is really good. And it was. It was a really good first yeah. episode. I felt like it was solid and strong. It it really was. It, in some ways, it felt like it reminded me of Rose a lot, which admitted the, you know, the first episode of the reboot, really. Um, and to be honest, I didn't start with that episode. I think I started in the middle of um, season three oh, okay. um, with David Tennant. But um, it, I, I felt like it it got you used to all of these characters and all these weird things are coming in. When we met at the start of 11, you know, whole new team, whole new companion. You really, you met 11 first, you know, you really got to get to know him early on and then you had to re-meet Amy. Um, But I, I just really love the way that, Oh, go on. Oh, you're right. With Rose, you met Rose first. And you got a feeling yeah. for Rose and you got her whole background first before you're ever introduced to the doctor. That it, it really played up that mystery of who is this person? Like, and I also just loved as a side note that they completely accepted that she was an alien, like really early on. They're like, oh, okay, two heartbeats. That's yeah. weird. Um, that I, I love that mystery of who is this person? Who is the doctor? And of course, now that the doctor is a woman, what does that mean? It's like a nice added meta level in a way. Yeah. And there was a lot of things that I felt and I hadn't put that whole rose thing together. And now that you say it, it clicks. But I feel like there's so many mm-hmm. callbacks in this episode. Like, for example, yeah. her not remembering who she is um, felt very Paul McGann from the, his, you know, American movie. Um, oh, that's right. He didn't know who he was either. He couldn't remember his name, but he had some idea, but it wasn't fully coming back to him. And, um, and it, you know, I, I, I instantly had that kind of connection where I, I, I put those two together. And then also like when she's laying on the couch and she's um, sleeping, it was like the temp doctor with the regeneration energy mm-hmm. just kind of like floating away, bleeding out. Yeah. yeah. And so that just kind of, I felt like that was very, um, you know, it it was like a callback to the 10th doctor being, you know, attended to by Jackie and Rose when he had to sleep. Um, You didn't really see that with Capaldi when he was regenerating or with Matt Smith because he just kind of was like, I'm hungry. Feed me, Amy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But give me food. But that regeneration energy and needing to sleep and heal was very 10 and then also I felt mm-hmm. like on, um, you know, where she stuck the finger up her nose. 
Yes. <laughs> but that physical comedy just reminded me a lot of Matt Smith. Because, like, it was just so yeah. arms waving all over the place. And it just, it felt very Matt Smith to me. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think that really goes to show, like, uh, whether that was Jody's choice or the director's choice, like, making those physical callbacks as well, like it really goes to show like the history of the doctor playing into regeneration number 13 as well. And even the uh, theme song at the end of when, at the end of the credits, it was very, um, uh, the classic doctors. It sounded like the very early mm. Doctor Who theme songs. I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing the credits. I feel like they came on with the like, did I miss something? Oh, yeah. I feel so like they came it. on with the post show. Yeah, yeah I feel like they came it. on the post show. And then I was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I, that, I guess that's it. So I didn't, I was like, I. it wasn't until the end of the episode that I was like, there was no opening credits. Yeah, well, that's what everybody at our, we had a watch party and we had a little girl mm-hmm. and, she, you know, at the party and she just yelled out. She's like, I don't think the show has started yet, guys. This is, a, this is still the beginning. <laughs> the whole time she's like, where's the opening scene? And we yeah. debated a little bit about this back and forth. And my view on this is that I don't think we're going to get an opening scene, like an opening like credits or whatever, until mm-hmm. she finds the TARDIS. Because they can't have the new ah. TARDIS flying through the vortex if like we don't know what the new TARDIS looks like, if that makes yeah. any sense. No, I never thought of that. That's That would be great. Like, so that's I such think- a great idea. Yeah, right. I think that maybe when they find the TARDIS, then we'll get our regular opening credits. Yeah. But um, if you ever get a chance to go rewatch the episode without all the commercial interruptions and everything, yeah. and when you get to the credits, they play the new like kind of like theme song, and it sounds mm-hmm. like the classic Doctors. Interesting, and, I and think I'll we'll, include we'll... it. Go on. Sorry. Oh no, I was saying I'll include it in the in the podcast, in the post, so that, you know, our viewers know what we're talking about. Our awesome. viewers, our listeners know what we're talking about. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's kind of interesting, though, too, because, you know, this is also the first, because I haven't watched any classic stuff. Um, so I'm also very used to Murray Gold's soundtrack. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear what the, the new theme is. I will send it to you. Okay, and so how do you feel about the way they handled the doctor being a woman now? I I liked it in a way. And uh, like I said before, I feel like it it didn't feel much different. Like when she came on, I was like, she is the doctor. Like it doesn't, you know, the gender of the doctor doesn't matter here. Um, She is just as much as the doctor as 12 or 11, 10, et cetera, were. Um, But... I felt, I mean, you can't not acknowledge it, right? Um, right but I right. felt what was, at, at least for like all of the fans and like the world building, like this is, of course, brand new to us. But I thought what was interesting was that, you know, because this is a whole new cast of companions, they don't know any different. You know, I I love the throwaway line of the, you know, half an hour ago, I was a Scottish white haired man. Like, um, and they just kind of, they don't. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. just kind of think of it as like, all right, she's so weird, but they don't yeah, like really exactly. take it in. It's just like a yeah. throwaway line. And even, you know, her saying like, why are you calling me madam? And she's like, mm-hmm. well, because you're a woman. And, you know, that whole thing, them addressing that she's a woman now lasted seconds. Like, 
It yeah. was so quick and they just kind of got through it and it was like back to the action. Let's just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And like I-, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes up again later on, but I hope it isn't harped on like too much. I think it is. I, I think it should be, you know, for them, their first the companion's first doctor is female. And that's the way I hope it is for so many other people in the audience that, you know, someone's first doctor is going to be Jodie Whittaker. And I think that's super exciting to me. Um, oh, I love you know, that. <laughs> like, and even just like a small thing in the show, and this is like a very, you know, this is like a reading into it a bit too much, but seeing, seeing the doctor create their own Sonic again, I, I can't speak for classic who, but, um, I feel like in every other part, the, the Sonic is created by the TARDIS. And so you don't exactly. really see that creation, but seeing, no, you don't. Yeah, seeing her like with welding tools and doing all this together and the hands on like it's it's women in STEM, right? And so it was so it was just really cool to see that on another level, <laughs> knowing that she's a woman. This is the first that like she's going to like get her hands dirty to get this little sonic tool. Yeah, because she's got the blowtorch. She's got the electronics. She's got everything she's stealing. I'm assuming that crystal in the sonic was stolen from that spaceship. Yeah, it know? looked like it. Yeah, and so, you know, and she's like, I'm a builder. I can build, Yeah, you know, and and I really like that. That was a really awesome moment. Yeah. I and like I like, like you said, I really hope they don't harp on it too much. Obviously, it might come up, but I like the idea that they just kind of were like, all right, business as usual. Let's, let's do this. Let's go save some people, you know? Yeah, for sure. What did you think about the new friends? The I fam. Like, the fam. I love them all. Um, and I guess... I guess this is safe to say that this is a spoiler um, episode, spoiler review. Um, yes, but I did. Um, I didn't know too much. I didn't. I didn't intentionally read up too much about um, the show and what to expect from the season because I wanted to go in with a fresh take. But I did know generally who the new companions and the regulars were going to be for the season, um, and I loved Grace. But I was. I hope. I did. Too. I went through the episode. I was like. She's not a regular. <laughs> What's gonna happen? She's not a regular. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Although, even un- unfortunately, of course, she died at the end. But I couldn't help but think. I was like, you know, Ryan and Graham really need some good bonding on the TARDIS. Maybe she conspires with the Doctor, and she doesn't die. Maybe she just conspires with the Doctor to be like, you need to put them together. Like they need to bond. <laughs> but unfortunately, that bonding I think will happen without her influence. <laughs> I had a similar realization. I think it was at one point when um, she goes off running like and I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to die. Mm-hmm. Like I just it like hit me in the middle of the episode and I just went, oh, and then like everybody that I was watching with were like, we know, we know, like they must have all had the same yeah. like, you know, thought and we we're like, no. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping that like maybe she was like you know, going to get hurt or something and she couldn't go and she would, t- and she would tell them like, just go have these Same, adventures, yeah. you know? Um, so losing her was, was rough. Cause yeah. I think she would have been an amazing addition to I the TARDIS. Know. She would have been so much fun. I, I 100% agree. Although I, I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back in some way, shape, shape or form. I mean, this is a time travel show. And, you know, they've done it before. Or maybe even a, like a flashback or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, Because I, I feel like... Because it, it looks like... Go on. Go ahead. Go on. Oh, no. I said it looks like, you know, Ryan and Graham have a lot 
to like, mm-hmm. you know, get over as family. Yeah. And it looks at this point like they only have each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we may see Grace again, and, you know, in flashback moments or something. I hope we do, you know, something that keeps them moving on. And, uh, you know, but I think she just I love the fact that Graham and Ryan are related. Yes. Um, I think that's really fun. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Rory's dad and like Rory. Oh, like yeah. I felt like Grace, Grace and Graham reminded me of like an older Amy and Rory. Yeah. Where like Amy was like super just let's go do we're, it. We're, and we're Rory was a lot more yeah. cautious. Yeah. And there is a a scene where that I always remember where like Rory gets really mad at the doctor and goes, this is why you're dangerous Mm -hmm. because you enable people to like, you know, do dangerous things for you, you know? And, and like, I see Graham as kind of more of a cautious person because the whole time he's like, uh, no, we're not doing that. Why are we doing this? You know? And it just kind of felt a lot like Rory and Amy to me. Yeah. I, I didn't make that connection, but I definitely see it. Um, and I think even the point about you bringing up the, um, you know, you make these people t- take risks. Like that was also a, a plague of the twelfth Doctor and Clara. You know, um, that I, I one of the most powerful things for me at the end of this episode was that thirteen that the Doctor stayed not just for the funeral, but like to check to see that they were okay. You know, that like she wanted right. to make sure, like like they're grieving, they're in this moment of grief, but like staying after and just like talking with them still, like knowing how important Grace was to not just her, but to them as well. And then I kind of like the moment where, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Yas that asked uh, uh, Jody. They say, you know, um, do you have any family? And she's like, no, I lost them long ago. Mm-hmm. And Ryan says, how did no. you cope? Because mm-hmm. it is real loss is real and you do have to find ways to cope and that's what's so beautiful about this show is that like you know even in the most tragic moments like there's so much hope for a future for a tomorrow for a better everything it's one of the things i love the most about dr who yeah yeah absolutely and i was it was kind of i was kind of wondering like you know with all the other companions at the end of the episode the doctor always says come with me right Yes. And she doesn't yeah. say that this time. She's like, bye. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's because she didn't have her TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Because if she had had the TARDIS, I think, she, I mean, she stayed for the funeral. She stayed for all this stuff. Yeah, she was trapped, technically. But yeah. she could have taken off to look for the TARDIS. You know, she didn't have to stay. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that had she had her TARDIS, she would have been more inclined to say, you know what, let's go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I do like the, I, I, I do love that it was kind of an accident that they're all together. Cause, and I'm a sucker for found families, and this is a found, found fam. It's, it's happening. Yeah, um, I really. But also the literal, yeah, and then the, of course the literal family of Graham and, and Ryan. That I, I think that's going to be their arc of the season is them growing closer together as a result of you know their travels and and their tragedy, what they both lost, you know, and having to yeah hold on to course. one another. Um, what about Giaz? What did you think about her? I loved her. Okay. I will say my first reaction, because I think like her opening, you know, her opening scene is dealing with parking tickets and, you know, wanting, wanting more from just dealing with parking disputes. And uh, my first reaction was, oh my God, she'd get along with Judy Hopps from Zootopia. 
<laughs> but like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that she was already kind of an investigator, already kind of trying to just yeah. be like this detective and she just wants more. And she's sitting here like she she's very she seems like she wants to do her absolute best. Mm-hmm. And she's trying her best. So, like, even when, like, it was coming to, like, reporting and doing everything and the doctor has to convince her, like, hey, don't report it just yet. I'm not saying don't report it. Just give us more time before you, you know, you go to your higher ups. Like, let's try to figure out what's really going on, you know? Yeah. And I feel like yeah. a little bit of that is because you can see the restraint on her face where she's like, no, I should just do Mm-hmm. what I'm trained to do and report it but also the the adventure in her is like oh you know what I kind of do want to see what's going on and this is going to be a, nothing but paperwork and explaining so I'd rather just figure it out and I think that like ambition of hers what pushes her to, to go ahead and follow Jody and listen to her yeah absolutely because like in some ways I feel she could definitely she could have been a character that was like just strictly by the book and you know kind of the the skeptic the way that you know instead of just Graham um but you know she is she is inquisitive she is curious but she's also like keeping an open mind like you said even though she's she's like she has to report it she's willing to listen to you know to the doctor's insistence that like just give us time and then we can give like a we'll have a better sense. We'll be able to explain something maybe. Um, and it, you know, in some ways I feel like that's almost like a junior doctor, you know, it's yeah. like, how can you gather all this information? So I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where is that, where Yaz is going to go. Something that I noticed on, in the episode is that throughout the entire episode, everybody was working together. It wasn't like the super mm-hmm. clever doctor just talking at people and saying like, I'm so clever. I'm the smartest in the room. I have all the answers. It was, you know, you know, the doctor trying to figure things out and then throwing like, hey, well, what about this? And what's going on with this? And she's like, oh, yes, good questions. You know, we're we're getting there. Like, we need to figure out A, B, C and D. But, you know, it was more of a team effort. The whole thing felt like a team effort, even when, um, you know, uh, they were trying to figure out strange things happening. And Graham's like, oh, call your bus drivers. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, Grace is like, I'll check what's app. And, you know, uh, Ryan's like, I'll check social media. And, you know, Yas goes, I'll check the police. Like, they were all just, like, equals. It didn't feel like anybody was, like, the team leader or the person in charge. It just felt like they were all equals. Yeah. I, I, I loved that so much as well. Like, it was just, it, 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 it was just teamwork through and through. What did you think about the storyline of the episode? I liked it. I will admit it did get confusing at times. Like I'm still, I'll admit I'm still not entirely clear about like the, the coils and its relationship to t- Tim Shaw, which I love that they called it Tim Shaw. Tim the Shaw. Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I, I feel bad for whoever is actually named Tim Shaw out there. Um, but like some of that got a little confusing, but I think like the heart of the episode was about these characters and about their journeys and, and then, coming together and it wasn't like a bunch of misfits coming together necessarily it was like a bunch of like similar people in a way coming together like for each other um and i think that was the most important takeaway for me for the story um that still played into a lot of 
the, the themes of Doctor Who, like even trying to save Carl and him affirming to himself that like, I am important, I am special, that like, that is something the doctor will tell everyone, every person. Um, yeah. So it was nice, like having that, having all of those elements in this episode, even when the, at least for me, the um, plot got a little confusing at points, but it, it came together in the end. It, and it's not just you, because even like my son was like, I asked him at the end, I was like, how did you like the episode? And he's like, I really like the 13th Doctor. He's like, but I don't understand what happened. And so I was like, okay, well, like, what, you know, where did you miss? And he's like, what was that creature thing? And so then, because they talk about it just briefly, but Mm -hmm. basically this Tim Shaw or Zim Shaw from the, oh, what's it called? The the Stenza warrior race. Yeah. Um, You know, he's supposed to come down to Earth. They tag a body out of the 7 billion people on the planet and they tell him you need to go down there with no weapons and no help and find this one random person in 7 billion and if you do that it's like your rite of passage and you become become a leader of this you know you know warrior you lay, race or yeah, whatever you can lay claim and he cheated he sent like a probe that creature is like a data collector and so the probe went ahead and like found that guy. And when they found him, it happened to be on that train where Grace and Ryan and, it, you know, that, that thing was just happened to be in their area because he had narrowed it down so that's where he was at. Yeah. And so once he tagged them with those things, um, you know, he, he was able to find that Carl guy. And, you know, that's how they all came together. But so that creature thing was basically just like that dude cheating yeah which uh, yeah so it was an undeserved win yeah it was it was like you know you're playing the most dangerous game and you're still cheating like it's it's bad already and then you're just gonna throw cheating on top but i think the doctor says something similar about that too that she's like i hate cheaters and then like and then like the teeth like oh what god that heck? was so creepy i was like is this what, like, the Tooth Fairy is? Is this, like, you know, there are a bunch of these Benza warrior race aliens coming down and, like, cheating? Oh, God. And, like, taking our teeth and going back and saying, oh, look, I killed a human? <laughs> I mean, I guess as long as I get a quarter in the end, like, that's that's what matters, right? That's what matters. You're like, don't kill me. I'll just give you the, <laughs> give tooth. Me the tooth. And you go back and you tell them. And give me some money. That- this is a transaction here. Yeah. <laughs> like you tell him you killed yeah. me just give me the damn quarter i don't care <laughs> it, it was the tooth fairy but yeah hell. so yeah and it was confusing in the sense that like um because at first i thought the character raul mm-hmm. um who had stolen the pod was going to be like the bad guy or the villain you know because there was all these like how did he know what's going on like why did he take this pod mm-hmm. right and then when you see that you know the video that he leaves behind that says click if i die um, where he explains that, you know, this race had taken his sister and he's become this expert in tracking down, like, you know, the phenomenon that happened that night so that he can try to find his sister and, or maybe just stop it from happening to somebody else. Yeah. And so that guy in and of itself is a hero. Yeah. Um, but it just it it got a little confusing. 
you know. Yeah. Like, I think so it like. You're it not made, alone in that. Yeah. It made sense as it came together. But I think because it's a mystery and, you know, they're also making theories as they go along. And and so I feel like when they're making theories on the screen, you're you're ready to take it as fact. And then you're like, but you just said like like 15 minutes ago that's not that's not the case um yeah it's like oh you said that they were like fighting against each other but i think like it all made sense in the end you were you were trying to the issue too is oh sorry no you're it it was Um, like you're trying to suss it out along with them but did you watch it with commercials i did so so did i and it was an hour the episode itself was an hour and three minutes and that's including the credits right Mm -hmm. but the the simulcast was an hour and 45 minutes yeah so we got 45 minutes worth of commercials and i think that's what made it confusing because you sat there and like you you know it was like like right one after the other so how do you squeeze 45 minutes into commercials into a 45 minute episode yeah like it It was was... it was obsessive excessive not obsessive it was excessive and and i think the problem is too is they were throwing in these little clips in between Mm -hmm. the commercials as well that previewed what was coming later yeah and i was like this is a little much like yeah yeah so I think it, that that's what added to the confusion. It it did because, you know, you know, of course, like we're two Americans, we're talking about, you know, we're used to commercials for the most part, except now we're also getting used to just binge watching on Netflix and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, British television isn't necessarily written the same way that American is, where it's, you know, American television is written with ad breaks in mind. Like you have five exactly. acts for the ad it, breaks. And I I was hoping that like for simulcast, if you're going to be having like this uh, special, you know, special um, advertising, thanks to Subaru or whoever it was like, I was hoping that we'd get like reduced commercials or none or um, none. It w- should have been straight through. And yeah. the, the scary thing about that is that the commercial breaks give you a chance to like look at your phone or look at your cell phone. So the people in the UK did not have to worry about all those commercial mm-hmm. breaks. The people watching it. New York City Comic Con didn't have all those commercials. And so when, you know, we're logging, checking our social media, we're not all at the same point. Even though yeah. technically we were supposed to it's supposed to be a simulcast, right? We're all supposed to be watching at the same time. But because of commercial breaks, we weren't. Yeah. I, I feel like so we're almost at- Go on. Oh no, I was just saying we're almost an hour behind everybody else, and that could lead to spoilers. Yeah, I, I feel like it really can't be a global simulcast unless you can like match it up like minute to minute that, you know, this should have been something where they for a special occasion, like just today only, like we're showing it without commercials, you know, and make it make it a point of something. Um, and especially when you have shows on cable like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. like things like that where you're watching, you know, and you don't see any commercials on yeah. things like that. It's just the whole episode straight through. And having to watch this with so many extra commercials was really hard. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, and and what leads to the challenge is that not everyone has BBC America. And I'm wondering if this will one day lead, if I, I, in a way, I kind of hope that it'll lead to a a better streaming service for BBC America for people across the pond. Because, I mean, I had to, I don't have cable, so I had to watch it on a free trial of Sling TV um, in order to get the episode that I, I feel like people would 
willingly pay for a subscription streaming service through BBC America to get it without commercials. Like, I'm surprised that doesn't really exist yet. And, you know, the, the difficult thing as well is like you can get it on Amazon. You can buy it, Mm -hmm. but you can't get it till the next day. Yeah. So I'm willing to buy the episodes. I will pay per episode. I will pay for the whole season. But then you don't get it at the same time as everybody else. Yeah. You, 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 then you have to wait a day. Yeah. Like g- goodbye to Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram, Facebook. Like you got to sign off of that for about a day. Yeah. For Whovians, that's just not an option. I, you know, I <laughs> like, no, we can't wait a day. <laughs> I was like, no. And I'm willing to pay for the commercial for you guys. Like I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like let, let's make it happen. If, if like, the two of us can make this happen single handedly, let's try it. We're going to start a Twitter campaign. Yes. (laughs) Give us, give us the doctor. Yeah. And, you know, and I went back and I watched it because I did buy it on Amazon, you know, and I watched it commercial free and honestly, it's so much smoother and so much nicer. Mm -hmm. And I was able to pick up a lot that I had missed. Yeah. Like there was a lot that I missed in the episode that I hadn't, you know, picked up on the the first time I watched it. And I was like, oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, Definitely recommend if you're if you didn't get it, if anybody out there just like, you know, missed something, um, you know, it's like two ninety nine on Amazon. I think yeah. definitely worth the buy. Yeah. I mean, I remember and I'm glad at the very least, even though, as you said, it was like an hour and 10 minutes, like at least even though we had so many commercial breaks, um, we were able to get the full episode because and then, you know, I've had to deal with like back when it was a sci-fi channel um back when it was on that like having watching like the end of season three and they cut out like different scenes at a time just to like fit it into an hour the hour time slot with commercials yes and so i at least i got the full episode absolutely at least i got the full episode but i mean still I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was not ideal. That's so true because it happens even on BBC America. Sometimes. Oh. Or like we'll be watching an episode and I'm like, hey, this thing didn't happen. Like I have these episodes memorized. <laughs> like I know my doctor. I know you skipped something. Like these scenes. Yeah, they, they just skipped over it. I was like, but that was a, why did, Why would you skip over that part? And then I realized yeah. like, it's, it's for yeah. commercial and like, I I get it. I understand it. But it doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> I don't yeah. like it. I put my foot mm-hmm. down. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also something that was a little difficult to watch was the pre-show. Mm. So um, there was an ultimate watch party that BBC America was hosting um, right before the episode leading up into it. And, you know, they had, you know, they were really dressed up. And they were, you know, partying to celebrate and everything. But it felt a little scripted. It didn't feel natural. And it felt like they did gather real Whovians. And they told them, hey, just pretend you're talking while we Mm. film. And it just felt a little forced. And so we were like, what's going on? And then every time they interviewed somebody their responses felt a little bit scripted, even though I believe that that's what they would have said anyways. But you know, when you're talking to somebody about your fandom and about the things that you love, you, you can hear that enthusiasm and you can just hear that like passion for who, whether it's positive or negative or whatever, like, and 
you know, every time they interviewed somebody on screen, it seemed a little scripted versus when they showed clips of people at like San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con that they interviewed on the con floor. Those felt real and they felt exciting and it pumped you up and it hyped you up for like, you know, the episode. But I felt like they missed the mark in the free show where the only saving grace was seeing Will Wheaton. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah, I think it was like right before, like five minutes before the the show was going to air. But even that just kind of felt like maybe it was a little bit scripted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like those things can always be hit or miss because it's, yeah, I, I, I could see how that could be the case. I didn't watch it. I tuned in, I think, like. Around the time Will Wheaton was there, I guess, you know, save the best for last. Um, But I also saw them like showing like the testimonials from people like sending it, you know, like, you know, selfie videos and stuff talking about what it means. I think that was kind of cool showing that it is such a global thing. Um, I love that. Yeah, that is what I want to see. I don't want to see a bunch of like scripts. I just want to see the real fans hyped up just like I am. Everyday people, normal people talking about how much they love Doctor Who. Yeah. Then I think we know who's going to have to host the next Global Simulcast pre-show party. Me and you? Well, I was, I was just going to say you. <laughs> I think we need to do this. I am down for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and not to say that, you know, the host wasn't good or anything like yeah, that. I just no, yeah. Like it was a little bit scripted. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm glad that they have given her so, by her, I mean the 13th Doctor, so much hype and yes. so much love. Yes. And that they've made it such a big thing. Like, I'm very happy about that. So even if it wasn't executed the way I thought it should have been, I'm just glad that they even did that much for her. So yeah. that's really great. They're they're not brushing yeah. this aside. They're 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 showing how imp- they recognize the the significance of this moment. Did you see the Barbie? I want it. Me too. I haven't had a party in a very, very long time since I was a wee child, but now I want one. And it's funny because I would have wanted more Barbies if I had known that they were like superhero Barbies. Like if they, right now they have like, you know, these Mar- Marvel rising dolls. Mm. And like, I would have wanted all of those when I was a little girl. Yeah. And like, I would have totally wanted like, a Jodie Whittaker, 13th Dr. Barbie. And currently one of my prize possessions is like a Marvel, like designer couture, like a uh, Captain America doll that I got. It was like a Toys R Us exclusive. Oh yeah. I saw those. And they're so great. And I love it. And when I saw um, the Barbie, you know, being announced, the 13th Dr. Barbie, I just lost my yeah. mind. I was like, I have to have yeah. it. Although I still want like the Funko and Pop, I <laughs> which I think I missed oh, yeah. at San Diego Comic Con, but I just, I want the Funko. We will get it yes. all. And that's where I think they're doing really great as far as capitalizing mm-hmm. with merchandising because they know we'll buy oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I think that her universe did a really great job. Oh, I love that whole collection. The 13th Doctors. That whole collection is great. The the cosplay collection, the t-shirts, the hoodie with the 13. I, like I need it all. I think they're doing a really great job. I did hear some people kind of a little bit upset that, like, why a Barbie? Why not an action figure? And I pointed out, like, she does have an action figure. It's already come out. Yeah. 
You know, it came out months ago. She has a Funko Pop. She has vinyl pops. And now she has a Barbie too. Yeah. I mean, well, that and like I'm when you're a kid, it. especially what I can only speak for me, but like when I was a kid, like I also just wanted Barbies. You can still play and have, you know, create whole scenarios. Like I had all these small Sailor Moon dolls. They weren't action figures per se, but I still had, I still created elaborate schemes for them to fight evil. So like, why can't <laughs> you do that with a Doctor Who Barbie? Just saying. And I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. Like, I didn't have superhero dolls or scientist dolls. I mean, I had just basic Barbies, you know, and I didn't, you know, I loved superheroes. But back then, I didn't even have Sailor Moon. Uh, You know, I think I was like almost a teenager before um, Sailor Moon was introduced over here. And by then I was like, oh, I'm older. You know, like I don't watch cartoons. (laughs) I do now. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) But, you know, best. in those teen stages, I'm like, I'm too cool for this. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just, I have no problem with the Barbie. I think there should be more merchandising. Bring it all. I'll buy it. I'll give you my wallet right now. Absolutely. Just take my money. Yeah. Just just give us full equality. Like, give her all of the merchandise, equal merchandise. Capitalize yep. on that. This is your moment. <laughs> if you ever wanted to sell Doctor Who stuff, sell yep. it now. <laughs> and also... The creator of the Alex Monroe, the creator of the cufflink that did her earring. Oh, the earring cuff. He just started selling the replica. I loved that. I don't have like I don't have that type of piercing, but I was just like, you know, maybe I could try it <laughs> just because of her. I I don't like, think I could. You never but, know. You know. I mean, isn't that what we're willing to do? Like. It's so funny how we're like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that for (laughs) him. I'll do that for like this. I remember when I was really young, I cut my bangs because Gwen Stefani had cut her bangs. And I must have been like 15 years old or something like that. And I was like, I'm going to cut my bangs. Like Gwen Stefani, that was a really bad mistake. Yeah. I do not look good in bangs. Yeah. Well, that was when I was young, I cut my hair. It was, it was very short. And again, that was a mistake. But seeing Jody, I was like, you know, maybe I could do short hair. Maybe I could do black. Right. It just looks really good. I was like, that could be going too far for cosplay. But like that's why hair. representation is so important. Yes. Yeah. Because of these feelings it evokes and it wants, you know, suddenly we just want to like, you know, dress like them and act like them. And it is so cool to have that. And it's, it's really, really great to have that. Yeah. It's a good and feeling to have. Um, it, I don't know if um, if you're familiar with the blog Blockter Who. Uh, yeah, I used to check that a lot, actually. So um, Peter Nolan just put out a post today on Blockter Who about Ryan Sinclair's character mm-hmm. and um, how he's like a disabled, you know, he he's a disabled character. Mm-hmm. And what Ryan Sinclair has is the same thing that his son has. Oh. And his son has grown up on Doctor Who. Since, you know, 2005, he has, you know, consumed Doctor Who since he was like a a baby, you know? Yes. And to finally see, you know, somebody on screen with, you know, who's a hero, who's like, you know, a friend of the Doctor, who's like out there, you know, on adventures. and And it's just like him. Like, that's really important and that's really exciting. And I'll add a link into the post and send to you um, Peter Nolan's post on Blockter Who about it. But it's very, it's very lovely to see that 
Ryan's character resonated so strongly with so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I I loved one of your last episodes on Temple Geek um, talking with Taylor about Doctor Who and leading up to Jodie. And she came right out and said it. And I I agree that it's just I love the diversity of this team that it's not just I think it can get put down very easily that it's like it's diversity for diversity's sake but I like that's I I've, that's never the case I feel like in any in anything um it is just it's a science fiction show and sci-fi should and does and historically does like reflect social norms and and commentary on those kinds of things and so why wouldn't you want it to start looking like it is today you know why wouldn't you want to make it more inclusive to show that the world is becoming more inclusive um that i i just love that they yeah, are there are all these different elements to these characters that some way somebody in some way would relate to them there was uh somebody who brought it to my attention they're like didn't it feel like um inclusivity was being shoved down our throats mm. and i kind of responded was like well I get that they're being more proactive about it, but I think that's just being a responsible like network. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, you know, acknowledging that like, yeah, diversity is important. But for me, I didn't feel it shoved down my throat because I have lived in diversity my mm-hmm. whole life. I live in San, you know, Southern California. I live in a melting pot of like, you know, just all these different, you know, cultures and backgrounds and people from all over the world come to Los Angeles to live in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles. And so I have been fortunate to have met people all over the world. I've been fortunate to have traveled to different countries and to be able to like meet, you know, make friends, you know, who didn't necessarily speak my language and, and things like that. And, you know, friends all over the world. So for me, I've always lived in diversity, so seeing it on Doctor Who just feels comfortable to me because that's the world that I live in. I I'm fortunate that I live in a diverse world. Yeah. So I didn't I couldn't really relate to them when they were saying, "Don't you feel like it's being forced down our throats?" and I'm like, you know, I can't agree yeah. with that and I can't speak to it cuz it's just I live in SoCal like it's so lovely and diverse and beautiful, you know? It's just a rainbow of like beauty and yeah and goodness I just yeah because I mean when you're just used to seeing you know like in a given in a given like movie scene you just see a crowd and it's 70% white men you know it's like that's just not the world we live in like there's at least half women you know you know and it's not going to be all white people and I think it's just it, it is I think you know television and film you know it's not just Hollywood because obviously this is produced in Britain as well um, like no one film industry is guilty of this but I think it's they're, they're slowly catching up that it's like oh like everyone watches these things it's not for one audience like how can we show that yes like this is for you as well and I think it's it's almost like a reaction and being proactive about that yeah, I saw a comment on Facebook where somebody was like, oh, of course they made Graham and Grace a biracial couple. And I'm like, but Doctor Who has always been like that. You started with Rose mm-hmm. and Mickey, who were a biracial couple. Like, Doctor Who has always been ahead of it. You know, Captain Jack has always been a, you know, LGBT type mm-hmm. character, you know, fluent, loves all 
everybody yeah. equally, you know? And so, you know, when they were saying, oh, they're pushing Bill Potts a certain way, I'm like, Doctor Who has always been so yeah. diverse. So I don't, you know, I don't feel like much has no. changed. I feel like it's just the biggest thing was that after 55 plus years, we finally got a female yeah. doctor. But as far as like diversity in the cast, I feel like sci-fi, like you had said, has always been kind of diverse. If you look at all the Star Trek movies, you know, I mean, Star Trek movies or even like the TV shows have always had a really diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like and Nichelle Nichols in particular and then George Takei, like breaking down a lot of those barriers like early on just in the original series. Very early on. Yeah. That's what's so wonderful about yeah. like, shows like that. And like I always, I can go on and on and talk about That's Rogue true. One, <laughs> yeah, because I, oh, so good. I love Rogue One so much, so it's like good, everything to me. But you know, when I heard Diego Luna speaking in that Mexican accent, mm-hmm. like, and he's like this, this you know, hero of this movie. And I'm just like, he sounds like my dad. He sounds like my uncles. Like that's what my uncles sound like. And to have to hear that, it was so comforting it just felt so good and i want everybody to have that like yeah why should everybody feel that way you know and relate to characters like that have you seen the good place i have not not yet that is an extremely beautifully well diverse cast and after seeing that show and the diversity on that show when i watch other shows i'm like oh it's so white <laughs> Like, I'm just so used to shows like that now. Yeah. That, like, I can very easily call out when a show is not diverse. Yeah. And that that is starting to feel uncomfortable to me. Mm -hmm. Interesting. When a show's not diverse. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, because I feel like... Back to Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, I think, like, you don't realize it's, like, like, when you're so used to it, you don't realize that it's... uh, that it's different until it does change. Like if you were just watching Doctor Who, you wouldn't realize that it's different until you're like, the doctor's a woman. Like, I I feel like you just wouldn't notice those things until it's like, oh, but those have been slowly building over time anyway. Yeah, exactly. And back to the episode. Um, (laughs) Did you have um, any, what was the most surprising moment of the episode for you? I don't know if it was like necessarily a a surprising moment because in a way I was kind of hoping that it would happen. Um, I, 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 in a way that knowing that this was going to be like the first female doctor um, and I don't necessarily think that they would have gone away from this, but the doctor is traditionally always about like using being clever to solve a problem or being kind and warm and inviting and, and accepting of people. Um, And, you know, and that's obviously the doctor has been that like as as a man for 12 generations. Um, And and so I knew that they would continue that feeling with Jodi. But one thing that's also another facet of the doctor that I love that I love is the still the potential of the oncoming storm. You will still fear the doctor if you cross him, if you hurt the people that he loves he will come after you it's like that terrifying like he you know the doctor is capable of great love but also great anger and rage and so i liked that we got a hint of that from the 13 that they weren't going to shy away from 
she's still the oncoming storm. <laughs> you know, she is capable of all of these things still. Like just her her like speech to Tim Shaw, like it, it was like a nice moment of that, that it's like, I can still like, y- you still have to fear me. Like I will end Yes. <laughs> but, and then conversely. <laughs> and you know, it went a little dark yeah. because, you know, she put those bombs back in him. No, yeah. that there was a chance that he was going to, you know, melt himself. Mm-hmm. And she didn't warn him that they were in there. Yeah. She was, she wasn't messing and around. She kind of got a little. No, and she got a little snappy with Carl yes. when he kicked the alien off. And she goes, you had no right to do that. I'm like, you melted the I dude, doctor. I also loved that. Like, why are you yelling at yeah, Carl? I, are you projecting right now? Because, like, you just melted that yeah, dude. That's, that's a good point. I did love that moment, too, because it, it, it brought me back to, like, the idea of, like, no human has the right to talk to me right now, you know, of Eleven's anger and, you know, the doctor's frustration that they – that they have about humans over time that it's like she still has that that she's like you had no right to do that but i like the point that it's like but you were about to do something just as bad you did did worse (laughs) like is that really the worst thing he could do right now um yeah so yeah and the guy was trying to kill him yeah like Like, and not only that's justified like you know like i get it you know yeah you know, Carl is important. Yes, Carl. He is valued. He's loved. And somebody out there wants him. Yes. I really want to see a cosplay of that. Oh, I just yeah. want you guys to know of a guy like walking around saying, you know, positive I hope so. I'm sure I'm sure someone's got on their list. Somebody and I also want to see this tooth monster as a cosplay. So anybody out there, if you end up doing any of these, please tag mm-hmm. me so that I can see yes. you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um was there any favorite moments that you had from the episode? I mean, I know you just mentioned one. Any other favorite I moments? I think going back, I had mentioned this before, but the doctor staying at the after the funeral, just uh, like just that, not just like staying for the the memorial and listening to them talk, but staying afterwards and talking with them, and like just for me, it was the doctor making sure that they were all right, knowing that like they're in grief, like the doctor is had her fair share of grief like in her last you know her entire life um and so just kind of making sure even if even if she wasn't intending on taking any of them as companions just checking to see that their family is going to be whole in some way that I really just loved that moment and also it shows growth for the doctor yes because the doctor is growing because there's so many times where he's been like I'm out of here bye and they've called him out and said hey you know, you you just leave and you don't have to suffer, you know, what the rest of us are left behind, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And that. it was just, yeah, it was just, it was just such a quiet moment that I really, I really appreciate it. And knowing how much the doctor had struggled with grief, especially with 12, as 12, um, and like not wanting, you know, not being able to accept or deny, you know, just denying something or bargaining, you know, going through the 12, you know, all the stages of grief with Clara in particular. Um, but just checking to see that like they will be all right, right? You know, like not wanting that to happen to them. Oh, I, I love yeah. that too now. <laughs> now that's feels. my favorite moment too. <laughs> <laughs> just all the feels. Yeah. Is there anything that you hoped to see, that you wanted to see in this episode but didn't get to? Um, nothing that I can think of. What about you? Um, or what was your favorite moment? 
Well, I think my... Oh. So there was a part on the train <laughs> where she realizes she loses her TARDIS. When they're like trying to, they're like, oh, you fell from the, you fell down, you know. And she was like, yeah, you know, I fell from the TARDIS and like it dematerialized. And she was like, oh, the TARDIS, I lost it. And she was just kind of like talking to herself. She goes, and she like tries to calm herself down. And she's like, no, she was like, it's not the end of the world. And then she's like, it might be the end of the world. I don't know. One problem at a time. And she's just kind of like having this little weird conversation with herself. Yeah. And I was like, that was the moment that I felt like she was a doctor. Oh, like, right yeah. then, when she's just talking to herself and being like, blah, blah, no, it's okay. And, like, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Eleven, but it was all Jody. Like, it felt yes. new, you know? And yeah. I I really, really liked that. And that's when I, that's the moment I felt like she was the doctor. Like, that's, yeah. that was, like, kind of like me. Yeah, so, I love it. As far as favorite moments, I really liked that part. Um moments I did not like was when Nan died because it made me sad. I know. Yeah. And I knew it was I, I coming. Still it still made people. me sad. I mean, but I'm also, again, time travel. Like, like we can undo something, right? Like, please. Maybe this one time. <laughs> I really like the part where Jody gets her new outfit. Yes. And it was, just a, like, it was fun. That's what you're going with? <laughs> And yeah. then like, and then she's like, "I don't have any money." And Ryan just looks oh, up gosh. on his phone, like, "Pay it." I'm like, I'm not paying it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not my problem. Yeah, and so and I just I still love her her outfit so much. Looks yeah, so and you know what's funny is when I first saw the pictures of it, I didn't like it. I yeah. was like, "Oh, I don't like this." Like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't like this outfit yeah. at all. And then like, you know, as I saw it through the months, it kind of grew on me. And when I actually and it's so funny because I didn't think I would cosplay like I had my reveal outfit that I was cosplaying, but mm. I didn't think I'd actually do the um, the full like, you know, suspenders and the culottes and the big coat thing, you know. And then I, I went to San Diego Comic Con and I told Nate, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to run over to the Her Universe booth really quick. So and then I got there and I was like, you know what, let me just try it on, right? <laughs> And then by the time that I was, Nate had caught up with me at the Her Universe booth, I was already dressed in cosplay, had my regular clothes in the Her Universe bag, and was, you know, handing over my credit card. And he was just like, I thought you were just gonna look. And I'm like, I lost my mind. And I was like, and by the way, my friend needs one too. And so I was like buying stuff for my friend. Oh, that is brilliant. That is amazing. You're a great friend. Well, I knew ahead of time I was going to buy them for them because they were yeah. like, make sure you pick me up this. And I had even knowing that I was going to go pick that up, like I had no intention of buying it for myself. And I wore that thing at San Diego Comic-Con. It was so damn comfortable. Mm-hmm. And there were so That's many awesome. pockets. The coat had a yes. ton of pockets. The pants Love had pocket. deep pockets. Pocket. Like, you know, the pockets that fit your phone perfectly and your keys and just like, oh, they're the best. Which is have. so hard to find for a woman. Like They were made yeah. with comfort in mind. Like we were both yeah. there when Jody was explaining at the Her Universe fashion show, like yes. you know, how you know the inspiration behind it and how comfort for running and everything was a big deal. And I loved it. And I was like, Oh, I need these pants in every color now because like it's yeah. they just need to be a part of my life. They were so comfortable and yeah. And so yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I love that I'm like I could get I could probably get away with I could get away with those pants as like 
in the office. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have all these pockets. It's amazing. Like I just I can I can, I can do all that. Like I just need the whole collection. And the thing that I love about Doctor Who is that like the fashions are always like modern styles. So mm-hmm. even though like you know, because Clara, for example, had an amazing wardrobe. Uh, and so I did want all Amy. of her clothes. Yes. Clara especially had amazing clothes. But like, you know, Yaz has really great clothes that I've been tracking down. Yeah. And Jody, <laughs> you know, those pant styles, you go into any mall right now and you can find those in every pattern, every texture. And it's yeah. just like they're just so ahead of the game as far as fashion and style. And I really love that. Yeah, it, it's really cool. But as far as like things that I really hope that I had, I was going to, I don't know, the the moment where she says, I'm the doctor, when she finally realizes mm-hmm. it, I was hoping for like the super dramatic music, like with um, yeah. 11, when he's yeah. like, I'm the doctor, I or like with 10, he's like, you know, I'm from Gallifrey, I'm this, I'm like, I'm the oncoming yeah. star, I'm like, I thought there was going to be like more hype in the music yeah but there wasn't yeah i i see that i think i I mean again i can't like judge i guess on just one episode or anything um nothing necessarily stood out with me for the music like in a moment like that um that's not to say it wasn't good i think like you know they it, it nothing felt distracting like it helped move the the pacing and everything along but like you said it didn't have that like moment as you know the new doctor's theme is playing with 11 you know and he's exactly. telling them to look at all of the old faces and everything like we didn't really have that like musical cinematic moment yeah and that's what uh i i think that's the only thing that i had hoped to see with jody that i mm-hmm. didn't get to see but not like you said it, i don't think it took away from it but it was yeah. just it was just one thing where like I didn't get that. I did like that when she fell from the train, though, the theme song played in the back. Yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed that when she finally looks up and they're playing like the Doctor Who yeah. music. So yeah. I, that was pretty cool. Like yeah. We joked around about like, was that the intro? <laughs> is that how it's going to go? <laughs> yes. Well, well, you see, the TARDIS is still flying around in the in the in the title sequence. It's just the doctor's not there to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And so have you seen the trailer for the second for the next episode? Yes. Yeah, I think I saw that on YouTube. That looks interesting. Although, of course, you know, obviously with the way that the first episode ended on a cliffhanger, it's like, well, how do they get there? And, you know, everything's going to be all right in the end. But it should be interesting. Yeah. I have the synopsis. If you do you want me to read it. Yeah, let's give everyone a refresher. OK, so the synopsis for the new uh episode two that's going to air on October the 14th still reeling from her, their first encounter. Can the doctor and her new friends stay alive long enough in a hostile alien environment to solve the mystery of the desolation? Do you have any predictions for the next episode based on the trailer? I, and that I'm so terrible with predictions. Um, although I imagine, I guess in true and I guess in the rest of the doctor who tradition, it's going to have like, the companions are going to have their their shock of a new space and i'm sure they'll all get separated at some point i think they went into that in the trailer too um but just the and and having to deal with one they just met an alien but how how much are they going to trust the doctor in these kinds of senses and you know i think it'll all come together in the end but um 
yeah, I think all of that, you know, Doctor Who has a good mystery. And so um, seeing all of them kind of work through it in, in a totally new environment, I'm all here for. Do you, How long do you think it'll take before she gets her TARDIS back? Well, I like your theory about not getting an opening theme on, you know, a proper opening title sequence until we get the TARDIS. So I imagine that we would get it in this episode, just in, in the second episode, because I don't know how long they'd go without it. But I do think it's interesting that um, that she didn't have the TARDIS at all in this episode. <laughs> like, it just wasn't there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, you know... It kind of reminded me um, a little bit of when, like, uh, you know, Eleven didn't have his TARDIS and then his Sonic broke and he just had to yeah. figure it out on his own. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, I kind of like the idea that she might get stuck on Earth without a TARDIS the way, um, I think it's, is it the third Doctor? Yeah, because they've done that before, which I think is kind of an issue, yeah. which I think would be interesting. Um, and then... Also, did she travel in space and time, or did they just travel into space? Uh, Jody, Jody's doctor. Yeah, the companions and and oh. and Jody in this last one. You know how they ended up in oh, space and they're like true. swimming around. Did they move in time, or was it just space that they moved in? That's a good point because I guess if it is time, that might make it harder to get back. You know, without a turret. You know, they they could right. be stuck in like they got back to Earth, but unfortunately now they're in you know the 1500s. How do they get back? From right, there? exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I think it could set up. I wouldn't be opposed either way, depending on how long the TARDIS is missing. Because um, I think you know, I always trust Doctor Who and their storylines. Um, but I think that could be compelling. I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. I don't care what you do. You'll do you'll yeah. do it amazingly. Agreed. Agreed. I they haven't let us down and I really feel like this episode did not let anybody mm-hmm. down. What I see on social media and, you know, in just reviews of the episode so far has been overwhelmingly positive. I even put out on Temple of Geek a poll asking people, you know, you know, how they felt about the episode and there was not a single negative Oh, that's amazing. Comment. So, and that's rare because usually we get all kinds of like, oh, well, this is this, this is that. And yeah. Critics. Well, everything and, is polarizing. Is yeah. Yeah. And that's fine if people have different opinions. You know, mm-hmm. obviously everybody's entitled to their own. But I was yeah. surprised that this was overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly. nothing that's but awesome. good opinions. Yeah, that's great. Well, I just really want to thank you again for being on the podcast. It's really thank exciting to have you here me. talking about Doctor Who. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. I haven't been able to talk to any of my friends about this episode yet. So I'm so glad I was able to talk to it with you. Thank you so much for being here. And for those of you um, who are listening, can you please, um, Kristen, let them know where they can follow you on social media or online? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Kriavez. That's K-R-I-A-V-E-Z. Um, and if you're interested in checking out the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast and listening to Monica's episode talking about Doctor Who um, before Ooh. you forgot to see it, um, you can check us out at yourbiggestfangirl.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at YBFG Podcast. We're also on all of your favorite uh, podcatchers. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. 
If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to templegeek.com. There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you, Kristen, for joining us on this episode. I've been Mazenka, and we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.